What up, what up, what up? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Asbrock's Bengals Thoughts, presented to you by Impact Sports Cincinnati. My name is Chris Asbrock, and I am your host as always, and joining me in this episode here is my co-worker with Impact Sports Cincinnati, Nick Semino. Nick, my man, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. It's a victory Monday, so we're doing good today. Uh, you got that right. Victory Monday it was. The Cincinnati Bengals traveled up to Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan to take on the Detroit Lions and 50831 paid to watch the Cincinnati Bengals come away with a 34-11 to victory over the Detroit Lions. Bengals improved to 4-2 and on the season while the Detroit Lions remain winless as they fall to 0-6 on the season. Overall, this was really a, I want to say, a tale of two halves. You know, like we always, you know, we say it seems like every episode we're on together, man. We always talk, you know, we're always talking, you know, the game and, you know, and just basically our, we give our Bengals thoughts really every single call we, you know, we, we talk on. So this one, you know, I don't think we really touched on earlier, but this really was, a, like, in my opinion, a, a tale of two halves. Uh, the Bengals went in to the half up 10 to nothing and then stormed out and scored 24 points in the second half. But what were your, let's, let's just say, what were your initial thoughts on the, on the game uh, that we saw yesterday? Well, the first half, like like you were just saying, was really slow. I mean, they went out initially, they scored on their first drive. They went down. It looked like they were going to score all day. I mean, it looked like they were going to be unstoppable, but then it just seems like everything like sort of slowed down. And they just seemed like they couldn't get much going. It just seemed like the offense was a little more methodical. They were running the football a lot more. They were using a two-tight dead set. It just seemed like they were running a totally different offense. I don't know if they were expecting something out of Detroit that we didn't see in past weeks, but it just seemed like he was trying to run something totally different than we weren't used to seeing. I mean, even the announcers during the game were like, you know, I mean, what, what's, you know, what's Zach Taylor doing today? You know what I mean? It's not what they expected. So it was definitely a slow first half, which it seems like every game is now for us with them. But in the second half, we come out and we're 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 we're, we're guns a blazing. I mean, we we throw it immediately to Jamar Chase, and we get the. I mean, he's pretty much our spark plug. I mean, we, we as he goes, we go. And I mean, it's it's bad to say we're we're really dependent on a rookie receiver right now, but we are. Well, in, in terms of the slow start, the eight play sixty one yard drive that was after the Bengals got the ball. Uh, they forced Detroit on a three and out on their first drive of the game. Bengals get the ball back, or the Bengals get the ball, their first drive of the game. First time they have scored on their initial drive all season. So it was a good omen to start off. They go eight plays, 61 yards, four minutes and 20 seconds time of possession. And then again, after that, it was really, I mean, like we were saying, it was slow and, and really nothing came of it. The second drive was the interception. Uh, that Joe Burrow threw. That was a six-play. Uh, that was a six-play drive that ended up with uh, 15 yards gained, uh, minus 15 in penalties on that. So really, a net of zero on that. And then once the Bengals got got the ball back after the you know they traded interceptions, it was three and out, three and out, three and out, and that was it until the the nine-play 56-yard drive to end the half. So after you, you score in your first drive and then your final drive, the four in between that ended up in an interception and three straight punts. So not ideal after, you know, after the first, you know, like we were saying, methodical drive where you were saying that they, 
they looked unstoppable in that drive. And then again, you got to give this team credit for coming out in the second half and really taking it to them as they scored on every drive minus the last one, which was, you know, it ends in the victory formation. So you had four straight drives in the second half that ended in points. So again, tail of two halves, the team looked great in the second half, but again, like you were saying, it's kind of what, you know, what was Zach Taylor doing in that first half? You know, it's kind of, it, it, it seems like it happens, you know, every so often we'll catch a few games like that. Like we're the first half, he's just so sluggish right out the bat. But in the second half, we just happen to turn it on or right before halftime, we'll turn it on. It just seems like he's waiting. It's like, it's like we're like a, a you know a volcano waiting to erupt, and it's like but there it is, boom, we're ready to erupt. Well, one thing it was speaking of erupting, Joe Mixon, eighteen rushes for ninety-four yards. He was very limited last week against Green Bay. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, who did a an admirable job in that game last week against Green Bay, uh, he was unavailable due to uh, COVID protocol. But Joe Mixon, fully healthy to you know to get those reps. Again, like I said, 18 rushes for 94 yards, an average of 5.2 on the ground. Uh, his longest run was uh, 18 yards. Joe Burrow, 5 for 20. Uh, Chris Evans, 4 for 18. Uh, Travion Williams, 6 for 13. And then Brandon Allen, 3 for minus 3. Uh, but overall, on the ground, the Bengals were 36 for 142. A solid day on the ground for the Cincinnati Bengals in a game where Joe Burrow, uh, you know, was chucking it around the field for – uh, or 29 times, but the Bengals really controlled the clock and they were the ones that really ate up all the time and time possession in this game. So again, overall, a great job on the ground of controlling this game uh, for Zach Taylor and that offense. Absolutely. I mean, it just, I mean, this, this was a game where, like you said, it was a tale of two halves and that was fine to do against a team like Detroit, but obviously, you know, we were, you know, every week's different. And if they plan on winning next week, this, this, that can't happen again. Exactly. Joe Burrow, 19 of 29, 271 yards. He threw for three touchdowns, did have the one interception. Uh, the longest was 53 yard. Uh, and that was the pass to Jamar Chase, who continues to be uh, simply unbelievable. And, that one, and, and the was, one, and the one interception he threw was that it was, it was not a tipped pass. And I mean, yeah, it was not a tip pass. I mean, it wasn't, it's not like it was, a, I mean, it's not, it wasn't his worst interception of the year. I mean, it just, so I mean, it definitely was um, definitely um, uh, definitely you know one of his better you know not not a good interception, but it wasn't a bad interception. He just he obviously the ball was tipped and it just wasn't finished the way it should have been. But um, he's he's improving. I mean, he's he's definitely there. I mean, he didn't play all last season. I mean, and he's definitely improving week to week. I mean, Joe's definitely. I mean, he definitely he'll have us in every single game, and he definitely looked you know he looked he looked he looked the part yesterday. He really he looked he looked good. He looked the part with the rating of the one like you said the one fifteen point seven. He looked good. Yeah. He did. He he, and he's going to continue to to only just get better because, um, you know, was it he played in what nine games last year, and then yeah. that was it. So that was his rookie season was only nine games, and that's it. So you got to think about that. That this kid is still, you know, he's still developing into you know like an NFL quarterback now. In, in terms of basically, he's got one full season under his belt right now, which is crazy to think about. Um, but again, he just continues to make plays that, uh, that just, that wow us. And, and his passes are, are simply phenomenal to watch. And it's truly fun. We're really lucky to have Joe Burrow as our quarterback, uh, here in Cincinnati. And he was, he was slinging it around that of the 29 attempts, 
Joe Mixon uh, was targeted six times. Jamar Chase, six. T. Higgins, six. Chris Evans, three. Uh, C.J. Uzama, three. Tyler Boyd, three. And then Drew Sample and Ante each with one. Joe Mixon was targeted, like I said, the six times. He hauled in five of those for 59 yards. His longest was 40, and it was a touchdown, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, Jamar Chase, four for six for 97. Uh, Jamar Chase continues to show why he is uh, right now, hands down, the rookie of the year uh, so far, six games into the season. Chris Evans, the Michigan man, three for three, 49 yards. He had a 24-yard touchdown uh, reception, which was gorgeous on a – I mean, just a simply great play. Um, I mean, where he had the he had the cornerback juked like crazy, and, and, and JFB just lobbed it right in there. I mean, um, and, and, and a lot of people don't realize what a catch that was by uh, what a, what, a, what a great catch that was by Chris Evans. That was a phenomenal catch. I mean, it was it was a fingertip catch. That's a running. Oh, no, every bit. It was beautiful. I mean, and just the way Burrow just laid it in there, it was just a thing of beauty. I mean, it truly was. I I mean, just some of the passes he makes, and then the the one pass, uh, like I was saying, the Jamar Chase one, the pass where he just laid it in there along the sidelines. I just – all you can say is, wow. I mean, really, that's all you can say. I mean, there's no Absolutely. other – it's incredible. It truly is. Absolutely. But, I mean, before we get into your – before you get into yeah. the, the, the catch – before we get into the mix and catch there for the touchdown. But um, the one catch by Auden Tate, we, you know, obviously was a touchdown, I mean, which was by, from Brandon Allen. I mean, I'm glad to see he got involved in this game. I'm, I mean, I, I, you know how I'm a big fan of Auden Tate. I mean, I know he's a, he's a lost receiver in this bunch because we have such a good receiver room possibly the best receiver room in football, but I was glad to see him score yesterday. I really was. I was, I was, I was jacked yesterday. I didn't see him score. Every bit. I know on Tate, you know, he, the dude works his tail off and uh, it was nice to see him get rewarded for, you know, you know, for his, for his efforts. And, you know, that is something we are going to touch on. Uh, We actually talked about earlier today, but the wide receiver room and what that means, you know, for a handful of the receivers here. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. T Higgins, he was uh, three for six. Uh, CJ holding all three of his, uh, he did have a touchdown and, um, his was, um, um, yeah, he did. It was an eight, um, which one was that? Was that an eight yard touchdown reception? I can't remember off the top of my head here. Uh, who's, 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 who's talking about CJ's CJ Uzama's, um, Oh, his, yeah, his was the eight. Yeah. His, his was, was going to yeah, yep. I, yep. I thought his was the eight yard. I was, yep. I was blanking there. Which was, was honestly, which, which was another amazing catch because the li- the linebacker was actually all over him and he caught that pass right off his fingertips as well. I mean, another phenomenal, he he throw, went up and another got phenomenal it. throwing catch. And that's one thing. And, and I, I've said it before. And I think, I think I am more highly, you know, I highly rate CJ Uzama than most people. I know I definitely do more than you do. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not saying, like I said, when I say CJ Uzama is a, I, I think he's a really good tight end. I really do. And he's got this rapport right now with Joe Burrow that it's, and you see it blossom so far this season. And I'm not saying CJ Uzama is the next Rob Gronkowski. He's not. I mean, let's be real. He's he's but, never he's he's never going to be Rob Gronkowski. Let's let's be honest. He's never going to be Tyler Eifert. Well, no, he's healthier. Yeah, he so. is healthier, but he's not going to be the same. I mean, you you know what no, I mean. I he's, he's never going to be yeah. a game changing tight end that Eifert could have been if he could have stayed healthy. Exactly. No, and you're right. You're you're spot on with that. But I think 
CJ Uzama is so under, I think he's just truly underrated as a tight end on, on this team. I mean, you've got, I mean, well, Drew Sample is, I mean, I, I, I said my piece last week about Drew Sample. My goodness, that guy. Wow. I can, I'll never forget that when, oh boy, when they took him in the second round and our reactions. Oh man. They, 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 the, whole, the entire Bengal, the entire Bengal fanhood was like, what? Yeah, I mean, we, what there, does when, happen? Especially when we saw – especially when you go back and you look to see guys who were drafted after him, it's sickening. Yeah, that's highly upsetting. It really is. I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, this is one team that does draft very well. And it's not just it's, it's not just Zach Taylor who drafts well. Marvin, you, you're, you're the biggest predominant of Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was a great drafter. He was. Oh, if you look – yeah, I mean, you take a look back at, at Marvin's tenure – they had some really good drafts. They really did. And, I mean, you get – people aren't going to give Marvin the credit he deserves. Uh, they just – they simply won't. And, you know, damn. I, I mean, it, it's a shame because Marvin has done so much for, you know, for this city. And I, I – our boy Malik, I mean, he's – you know, I remember him a couple weeks ago posted something about Marvin Lewis and how, you know, he needs to be – I think it was something along the lines he needs to be up in the – uh, in the Ring of Honor someday, and I completely agree. Well, Marvin well, Lewis did. You he's, know, the winningest, aside, he's the winningest coach of this organization. Well, exactly. And, you know, he really – he turned this team around from the Bungles from that lost decade to a team that was, you know, annually in the playoff hunt. I mean, they really, truly were. And then, you know, some of the draft picks that were brought in were, I mean, were great. And, I mean, it's – Again, he just doesn't get the respect, in my opinion. But uh, like you were saying, though, over the past – well, especially when Marvin took over, from that period on, you look at the drafts, this team has done, like you said, a great job of drafting. Plain and simple, they have. And I mean, we've only uh, had – I mean, if you think – if you look back at it, we've only have a couple guys you could truly say are bust. And, I mean, I mean, obviously, my, my favorite guy there, John Ross, uh, listen, I'm willing to admit it now. I mean, I, I admit my mistake <laughs> with him. He truly was a bust, I mean, which is disappointing because he could have been great. But here nor there, I mean, I mean, some people some people call Billy Price a bust, but I, I, I beg to differ. I think Billy Price was just underrated, underutilized. and just wasn't, was, was the, not, he wasn't was the victim of – I don't think he was favorite here. I don't think he was favorite here at all. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's he, not on him. He was the victim of bad coaching uh, with um, – um, what the heck is his name? Um, Billy Price? No. Who was the uh, the coach we just got rid of? Um, Jim Turner. Jim Turner, yes. Was, yep. Yeah, he was the victim of, of he, Jim he Turner. Fell, he, fell, he fell in Jim Turner's doghouse, and that was and that was all yeah. she wrote. Exactly. And, and Jim Turner has proven he's he's not worth a, a, a score to pee. Yeah, he's, he's, as, he's, as no, he's, he's, not, he's no longer in the NFL anymore, in fact. And that should tell you everything you need to know. Yep. Um, but you look at – you look at this team and uh, and the weapons that they have offensively. It's it's truly amazing the talent we have in our receiving core. And like you said, you're looking at one of the top receiving cores in football. I'd say it's right. It's it's definitely up there. Top, I'd say top three every bit. I mean, I mean you got. I mean, Jam- Jam- Jamar Chase is a t- is a top ten receiver. T Higgins you, is a top. Oh. T Higgins. I mean, I would say T Higgins is top twenty-five, and I would say Tyler Boyd's top twenty-five. Those are three good receivers, and I mean, there's not many teams in the NFL that could say their fourth receiver is Auden Tate. Our fourth receiver, Auden Tate, is good. Hey, what about my boy Trent Irwin? 
Uh, he's, he's returning punts now for us. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, hey, you know that's right there. It's kind of and, that, and, and then our and, and then our sixth and seventh receivers are Mike Thomas and Stanley Morgan, who are you know good special teams guys and are good guys in a pinch. And it, that's, I mean, yeah, that that's just spot on. And and the one thing that I, I do want to talk about now is let's shift over to Tyler Boyd. Now, Tyler Boyd is. Like you said, a, t- a top twenty-five receiver. I would, I would have to agree with that. Highly regarded around the NFL as one of the top slot receivers in football. Um, is he highly underutilized in this offense? What do you think? I, we just, I know, we, I know, we just talked about this, and I, and yeah. I even gave you, I, and I gave you the stats. I mean, it, 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 the games make it look like that. But the stats don't lie, and he's not. I mean, he's he's being thrown to it. He's being thrown to it just as much as Jamar Chase is. So I mean, it, it just it just seems, and I think it really looks like he's being underutilized because he doesn't. Unfortunately, he doesn't give the wow factor Jamar Chase does. I no, mean, Jamar, Chase, he, Jamar, Jamar Chase is a, is a shiny new toy, and he was that he was the he was the controversial draft pick. And now he's coming up, and he's proved to be everything and more that everybody wanted him to be. And they say. Like, Wow, this guy's amazing! I mean, every game the announcers talk about, well, where's Jamar Chase on the field? And Tyler Boyd's become an afterthought. But they pretty much almost have the same amount of receptions. They have pretty much the same amount of targets. I mean, is he being underutilized? Absolutely. Could Tyler be used more? More? Yes. Could, could? Let's be honest. Let's. Could Jamar Chase be used more? Absolutely. Jamar Chase. But has that's tw- where. No, and, and that's you led me perfectly into that. That's where I think the play calling of Zach Taylor hampers this offense because Mm -hmm. you're not getting those guys involved early enough. And that's where I'm just kind of like, and I I said it in the last episode, I think it's time for Zach Taylor to relinquish the play calling duties. Now, of course I said that if they went out there and laid a stinker in this game, you know, he definitely needs to do it. And of course they go out and put up 34 because why not? But you you look at how this – I mean, there's no reason. Let's be real. There's no reason this team should go touchdown, interception. Well, the interception, like we said, was a tip ball. But then three straight three and outs in the second quarter before a field goal. Like, come on. I mean, I get if you have to punt. I, you know, punting's part of the game. My God. You could go a nine-play drive and have to punt. I'm fine with that. This would be. You shouldn't be going. This offense should not be going three and out. There was there was there was two other games this year where we did not. There's two other games where we did not score at, at before halftime. At the Bears, we we were scoreless in the Bears game, and we were scoreless in Jacksonville's game before half. That was two games where we did not score nothing before half. Well, no, we did. It was we did before the final drive. Remember, those were the plays. The they were all launches to Jamar Chase right before the end of the half, or right before the the end Which, of the half. Which, which game we, we talk I mean, like the hold on Chicago no because that that's been the mo for the Bengals they score right before the half and they get the ball right coming out of halftime oh my god they've, they've done that in every game uh, so, I, I mean, you, you could be right I thought I was I thought I, I thought I said that wrong um, no we uh, against against the Bears they, we were we were behind seven nothing half no yeah seven nothing we scored a field goal in the third quarter we was seven three then we scored fourteen in the, in the fourth quarter we still lost the game seventeen to twenty but yeah. We were scoreless, and, and we, we did not score until the third quarter. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, man, because oh, I remember. I, 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 have, I have it right in front of me. I have it right in front of me, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to look here. Let's see. Hold on a second. Nope, no, I'm, come on now. 
I don't want. And Jacksonville, we didn't score till after the after the third till the third quarter as well. Fourteen points coming out of half. Idea what happened with that? Wow. Um, we, we we lost we lost you there for a minute. <laughs> it was serious. Like I'm sitting there and I'm like talking. I'm like, well. And it was still showing we were all connected, everything like that. So God only knows what happened. All, all, all because you were trying to prove me wrong. But I'm telling you, we did not score. In, we did not score before having the Chicago game. Heck, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna find it. Like that's and, the thing. And, I know. And, and did you hear my? Because obviously didn't, you, you obviously didn't respond, so you didn't. You, you must. You but you heard my comment. Stanley Morgan is the all-time leading receiver at Nebraska. Oh, you know what? You were right. What the heck? I'm telling you, we, we we did not we did not score in the Chicago game before half. We did not score in the game with Jacksonville before half. So I mean, that's two games. And I mean, once again, this is on play calling. I mean, I get a team, against a team like that, there was no reason not to score against Chicago. There was no reason not to score against Jacksonville. Now, yes, at, at the Minnesota, against Minnesota, yes, we did score before half as well as 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 the uh, the Pittsburgh game, but. It's yeah, maybe I was pretty- completely – I was thinking of something completely different than apparently. So, that I am wrong, and I apologize, my friend. Wow. <laughs> Boy, was I off. And, I mean, like I said, now you come up – week seven, I mean, we could turn to – you know, obviously we turned out to, to Baltimore. You can't have a slow start. I mean, Baltimore will make us pay for it. We have to be spot on as soon as we come out. Baltimore will flat out punish us, and they're going to – I mean, they're going to make it look easy doing it if, you know, if you – uh if you start out slow, I mean, the Bengals we've seen so far are able to do a really good job of stopping the run. That has been something that this team has done a really good job of. Um, at that point, I mean, this year, you know, the only 100-yard rusher they allowed was Aaron Jones of Green Bay last week, but the majority of those yards were on one chunk run. Was that one run, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean – I don't want to say technically you didn't. I mean, you still did. But aside from that one run, you know, the Bengals' run defense has been fantastic. They held DeAndre Swift to 13 carries for 24 yards. He did have the one touchdown in garbage time. But, I mean, at that point, you know, that's not a big deal. And that was against against all backups. Exactly. They gave up 36 yards on the ground. That's it. That is it. And Jared Goff, I mean, oh, man, that poor guy, 28 of 42, 202 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. His longest was 33 yards, and he had a quarterback rating of 67.8. Just a rough, this, rough this season for Jared Goff. This, this season through six games, and to remind you, now, this, this is, these are through six games, and there's one, two teams ahead of us, three teams ahead of us that have only played five. We've given up a total of this season through six games. 543 yards rushing. That's less, so six games. That's less than 100 yards a game. This this Bengals defense has been fantastic on the like in stopping the run. And they're going to need to do that again next week against Baltimore. You know, now you go on the road against the 5 and 1 Baltimore Ravens who lead the division, the game behind them. Man, you look at you look at this team. If you get, if you go into Baltimore and get a victory, you're sitting at 5 and 2. Tied with tied with Baltimore, you know you would be ahead in the standings because of the the head to head. With the game and we with have, the and Jets, we, and, we, and, and we'd have we'd, we'd have we'd have a chip in the division because then we we would have already beaten Pittsburgh and we would be we would, we would not would then beat in Baltimore. Exactly, exactly. So that right there is two your two I mean, of your wins. 
And then you I mean, go the, the, next, the, next, the, and... the next four, well, let's see, one, two, three. Next five weeks are crucial. I mean, if I mean Baltimore, even if we lose, we're five, you know, four and three. We then we play New York, and New York, you know, we should be five and three. Then we play Cleveland. I mean, honestly, Cleveland's extremely beat up. I mean, um, most experts are thinking that Baker Mayfield is going to be out for a few weeks. They, they're saying the experts are going to predict he needs to have surgery. So I think when we go to play them, I think he'll be out. Um, and that should, that, that should be an easy victory then, especially considering we're going to be playing against Cates Keenan, which I don't see that as an issue. Then we have the bye. Then we play the we play the Raiders, which, I mean, the yeah, the Raiders look good yesterday, but I still think we're a better team than the Raiders overall. And then we play Pittsburgh again at home. I mean, if we can get through there, and even if we lost to Baltimore, we could still have one, two, three, four more victories, which would put us at eight and three, which, I mean, heck, I, I think anyone, any one of us would take that from where the beginning of the season started. But then oh, that's, when, that's when the rubber hits the road because that's when we play. We have the Chargers. We have the 49ers. We have Denver. We have Baltimore. We have Kansas City. We have Cleveland. It's a gauntlet the last eight games, the last seven games. Oh, every bit. Every bit. And they really need games. They need, they need performances like yesterday to really set the tone for that. Oh, well, I'm just going to say, I mean, I'm not going to look ahead to the, the last part of the schedule, but I'm going to look ahead to next week. You know, they're going to need a performance like they had this past week against Detroit. You look at it, they had 20 total first downs compared to 15 for Detroit. Eight of those were on the ground, 10 via the air, two by penalty. The Bengals, eight of 15 on third down. I always talk about third down and how crucial that is. This Bengals defense did a great job of getting off the field as they held Detroit to five of 14. So 35.7% on third down. Great job by the defense getting off the field when it mattered most. And the Bengals offensively converted over half the time. So yeah, eight, eight out of 15. Yeah. I mean, so that's, you know, that's two out of two, two, two out of two on fourth down. I mean, they, they definitely made their, you know, they definitely, they made their, they made their moves. They definitely were there. They did 398 net uh, total net yards for the Bengals, 228 total net yards for Detroit. So there you go. The Bengals ran seven more offensive plays and had a higher average uh, per gain on offensive play of 2.7 or 2.2, I'm sorry, average more than Detroit. It was 5.9 to 3.7. So, again, you've got the advantage there. Uh, Passing-wise, again, 192 uh, total net yards. Uh, that's obviously uh, minus the 10-yard sack that they had at Jared Goff. Uh, but, again, 36 yards on the ground. My goodness, this team – you're going to, you know, they're going to do a great job of restricting teams on the ground. And that's what happened in this game. Time of possession, the Bengals had the ball over almost 12 more minutes than, than Detroit did. So they controlled the clock. You know, they were effective in the red zone. Absolutely. Were, I mean, so that kind of stuff right there, you know, that is, that's what you, that's what you need. And they're going to need it next week against, you know, a, a good Baltimore team. Uh, who, you know, who boasts uh, Lamar Jackson, who's one of the, the most intriguing quarterbacks in this league. So Bengals have uh, to get it done. And I mean, I mean, I said the Bengals did everything right in this game. And like you said, I think you're right. I think they need to do everything the same way next week. I mean, even even penalties. We only we only had four penalties for 31 yards and two of those came on the first drive. Both by um, what's his name there Hill, the new offensive, the new offensive guard there. They were back to back plays. So I mean, you think about it, they only had two penalties the whole rest of the game, which is great for our for the Bengals team. Everything that they did, I mean, honestly, I mean, they they definitely they definitely stopped you know Detroit from doing what they wanted to do. I mean, 
we had what was it? Where is here? I was looking at another stat you were talking about too. Uh, where is it? Yards per pass, eight yards per pass for us. We only allowed we only allowed Detroit four point five, almost nearly half of what we were doing. I mean, everything we did. I mean, it shows we only had one sack for ten yards, but we had a ton of quarterback pressures. We were in Goss face constantly, and, and this got that's got to continue. I mean, if you look back at, I mean, they had sixty three plays on defense yesterday. Trey Hendrickson only played twenty seven plays yesterday. Because and they, those twenty-seven plays—that's all they needed him for. I were an absolute was an absolute clinic he put yep. on. Yep. Panay Sewell. I mean, I, I felt bad for the kid. I mean, beat him like a God. drum. He did. He did. Go ahead and continue with the stats there. I, but I, I mean, like I said, I mean, just all just everything they did yesterday. They, they, I mean, like I said, yes, they slowed it off, started off slow, but once they got going, they were going. I mean. These are the type of stats like you were just saying. This is what they need to do next week to Detroit. They need to be on this type of this type of caliber because you, you need to play your A game when you play your best teams. And I mean, this was against Detroit, so I mean, this is a good warm up. Because let's be honest, sir, we lost to Green Bay in a last second field goal last week. We could have very easily came out and laid an egg today, like yesterday, and said, "Oh, what was me?" Like, which if Marvin was still coaching us, we probably would have lost this game. It would have been the whole okay. same mentality. Oh, what was me? We should have won, and we come out, we lay an egg, and then we would we would play Baltimore next week, and we would get throttled. But no, we came back out and we dominated, and that's what you need to do because now 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 Baltimore knows that we're that we're not fooling around. So now we can come out. I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore even John Harbaugh said that the Bengals are one of the best teams in the NFL, and that we're a scary team. You know what? We are a scary team. And exactly. And, you know, we can thank um, our rookie of the year candidate uh, who is leading that uh, Jamar Chase. And like you were saying earlier, uh, before the, the recording got all jacked up at how Jamar Chase is, you know, was a controversial draft pick. Now, let's be real. You watched this game yesterday. You know, it's funny how all the, the team Sewell people, they're 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 you're not hearing anything from them. Um, he's now fourth, again, he's fourth I'm, in the NFL. He's fourth in the NFL in yards. He has 553 reception yards. Okay, he has he only has 27 receptions. That he's tied for 38th in receptions. Could you imagine if he had the amount of catches, say a Ty, you know Tyreek Hill gets or an Adam Thielen gets? He or could, Devontae he, Adams who gets he, targeted all the time. He could feasibly if he, if he if he was getting the double receptions, which all these other guys are getting. He could easily have close to eight hundred yards right now. Oh, every bit, every bit. And he, he's he's as advertised. He's the he's one hundred percent the real deal. I mean, he's everything AJ Green was when he first came out. And I mean, he definitely brings a definitely. I mean, he's he's our spark plug. I mean, he we we go as we we the Bengals go as far as Burrow and Jamar Chase going. We these are our two main guys now. I mean, this is the future of our organization along with Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon is amazing. But I mean. This is this is where we this is we ride and die with J- JFB and J- Jamar Chase now. And here's the thing: I'm not going to crap all over Panay Sewell. I'm not. It's you know we you could know, joke about it and stuff like that. The guy could be real. We could, but he's in a difficult position. Asked to play two different positions. <laughs> you know, two different. Yep. Like, that's tough. You know, he comes in as a right tackle. They're asking him to play left tackle, switching back and forth. Yep. You know, that's let's be real. That's hard. It's I mean, I don't he's, care he's, who you he's, are. He's, he's being he's he's being asked to play left tackle and replace Taylor Decker right now. Taylor Decker's a Pro Bowl a Pro Bowl tackle. I mean, that's tough to do. Exactly. So I'm not going to sit there like I said. I'm not going to I'm not going to crap all over the kid. I mean, he's 
I, I hope he has a great NFL career. You know, you never want to see anyone, you know, their career just go straight to hell. No, but, definitely you know, not. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to blast him for it. But I was not on the Team Sewell bandwagon. I was not at all. Nope, um, neither, neither was I. We, I mean, I know you and I have talked about it numerous times. We never, we didn't think that highly of him. And I mean, he, I mean like, is like, he going to be good? He'll be good. Let's be real. He's of course be he good, is. But he's, of course he's going to be good. I mean, like people are saying he's the next Anthony Munoz. I, it, could he be? You know, I mean, who's to say no? And who's to say yes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could be, but let's be real. Absolutely. Jamar Chase was the right choice. We've seen it so far. So it's like, I just wish these people who were anti-Jamar Chase, I, you know, and I think I heard somebody, I think it might have been on uh, Richard Skinner's podcast, Richard Skinner, Richard Skinner's podcast um, this morning. I, I, I want to say they were talking about where are all those, uh, you know, Team Soul people. And I, I think um, Rick Broyan, who was on the podcast with him, goes, they all, they all bought Jamar Chase jerseys. And I'm like, it's so true. Like, I can I can totally see that being the case. It cracks me up. I mean, it's it's definitely it, it's interesting. But I think uh, I mean it's you know it's plain and simple. The Bengals made the right choice. And, Absolutely. And, 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 and I mean, and I'm sure Detroit's thrilled with it. they got Sewell. And I mean, Sewell will be good. I mean, like I said, he's just got to get worked into the system. He's a rookie offensive lineman. He'll get once Decker comes back and he can get situated playing the, the right tackle again. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be really good for a long time. And I hope he turns out to be everything. He just wasn't the right pick for our organization because we we, we needed someone who was going to come in and actually stabilize it. And that's one thing a rookie tackle wasn't going to do. And that's why Riley Reef was brought over here. And I'm glad Riley Reef's here. And that's one thing we, you know, we had discussed earlier too, was a, a, a rookie offensive lineman isn't going to come in and make the flashy impact that a nope. skilled position player will in a, Abs- as a rookie. It's just how it is. It's just Absolutely. part of it. And I mean, and, and now like the team's being like, well, Blanco, you and I know, and, and there might be people in the area that don't, that don't agree with us, but this organization is not being run by Mike Brown anymore. It's barely being run by Katie anymore. This organization is being run by her daughter, Elizabeth Blackburn, and she wants excitement. She wants thrill factor. She wants everything that the, to get the fans, you know, ju- juiced up. I mean, we, you know, I mean, and that, and that's what she wants. And I mean, that's why when you, when you knew that when she said these things that prior to the draft, everyone, that's why we, me and you both said, hands down, it's going to be Jamar Chase. That's what she wants this. She wants this team to be excited. And that's what he brings. He brings excitement. An odds alignment is not going to bring excitement. Exactly. And speaking of excitement, let's just talk about the block he made on the pass from uh, Burrow to Joe Mixon. One hell of a block coming off. And I mean, you saw, you know, Mixon makes the, you know, makes the catch out of the backfield. And I mean, just, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was a 40 yard play I mean, total. If you absolutely. And if you watch the replay of that, you, you watch Mixon catch the ball and you can see um, Jamar is more towards the center of the field. He could see the defender down the field. He took off like a bat and then he, he booked his butt downfield just to block. And that's what he does. I mean, like I said, this team's all about just wanting to win right now. And they, everyone always wants to keep winning and they want to do whatever they can for each other. And I mean, he blasted that cornerback. I I know it was, it was, I mean, just so great to see. It was, it was like, Oh man, how comforting it was to watch that play develop and, and watch uh, Chase just go down and, and just lay, lay the block and, and 
just seeing Mixon get all jacked up like that right there, it's like, yeah. I mean, you can't help but just be jacked up for it. I mean, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this was just, I mean, you, you, oh man, just, I mean, what a game, you know, in, in terms it's, it's, of it's, it's the game we needed prior to this next week. This is what we needed, exactly. In terms of the, the, you know, some of the, the miscellaneous statistics in this game. The first half, the Bengals were up 10 nothing. They had five drives in the first half where they were leading. Now, let's be real. The Lions did not lead at all in this game. The Bengals to- total, their largest lead was 31 points. They had 10 drives in this game leading, five in the first half, five in the second half. They had 31 minutes and 32 seconds time of possession leading. Now, the – it was basically there was a, a, a lead change one time, and that was it. And the Bengals, once they got it, they never relinquished it. Uh, you know, it was – when you see a team have 21 minutes and 54 seconds of time and possession trailing, that right there says a lot. And that's what the Bengals are going to have to do. Now, like I said, looking ahead here to the Baltimore game, that's what the Bengals are going to have to do against this Baltimore Ravens team who they're yep. not, they don't have the weapons that they have in the past. They're still, there's, they're a bit injured uh, to say the least, but the Bengals have to control the clock uh, just like they did in this game. Like I said, basically this is one where you, you kind of lay it all out and you, you just have to flat out get it done and, and make plays and keep Lamar Jackson and company off the field. I agree. I agree. And I mean, I just think like, if they can do what they did in the second half, like you said, I mean, they're every drive of the second half, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, end of game, which was, you know, taking the knee at the end of the game. Yeah. That's the type of, that's the type of succession you're going to need against Baltimore. You're going to need to score. And, and, and I mean, you, you can have an occasional punt against Baltimore, but you're going to want to see con- consecutive drives of, of, of points. You don't, you're not, you're not going to want to have no points on drives. And, yeah, exactly. Cause if you do that, you know, let's be real. Baltimore is, you know, they they're 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 a pretty dangerous team. They they really are. I mean, you're not you're not five and one, you know, for you know out of a fluke. I mean, let's be real. They've got some talent on that team. Plain and, and simple. And, and they're one of the more. I mean, what hurts is, and I know we're going to finish up here in a minute, but they're yeah. one of the more they're one of the more banged up teams in the NFL. I mean, they have a lot of guys in IR, and, and that's where this team's got to take advantage of it. And we're if you look at ours. <laughs> We only have two guys on IR right now that are actually not going to come back for the season. Um, the one is Deontay Smith, who just obviously just, uh, the offensive the lineman just went out for the season. Um, yep. He's going to have shoulder surgery. Zach Taylor saying he's not going to miss most of the rest of the season, but from what I, I was reading something online today, it's pretty clear cut he's going to miss the rest of the season. Um, and the only other guy out for the season, which could you imagine if we had him, Joseph Azai? Could you imagine if we had him on defense right now too? Oh my gosh, imagine that him with Logan Wilson. Holy cow! I mean, that, 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 that literally alone gets me – I mean, I don't want to get the car before the horse, but that gets me excited for next season, knowing him coming back. Good night, nurse. I'm spent. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go next season. But, but I mean, you know, Chris, I guess I'll give my last little closing statement and let you finish up here. I mean, yeah. it, was a great, it was a great game of the Bengals. Um, it was, you know, 34-11 victory, which is awesome to see. A nice blowout victory, a victory we haven't seen in a very long time, like um, to, to, to honestly dominate from beginning to end. Um, they, this is the first time in a long time. Obviously, you've seen it. I've seen it which we were allowed to bring the backups in. There was eight minutes left to go in the game, and we're bringing backups in for every position, allowed our starters to rest. No one's going to get hurt. 
we're one of the least injured teams in the NFL right now, so which is awesome to know. We're normally one of the worst, but so to have one of the least injured teams in the NFL, awesome. Uh, I, I look forward against Baltimore. I mean, I we've already talked about predictions for this week. I actually like Cincinnati in this game. I I think it's going to be like a, a very high score. I think it'll be a thirty-one twenty-eight game. I think both teams will play well, but I um, I think you know just because just for the simple fact that their injuries, um, and our lack of those injuries, I think we this will be. I think this will finally be the victory that Zach Teller been waiting for. That one signature victory. I think this is the one finally, and I think the, the NFL will take notice of that for this week. So, thanks for having me on, Chris. Yeah, no problem, Nick. I truly appreciate it. And that's gonna that'll wrap up this episode here. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at I am Chris Asbrock and at is Cincy. You can also follow Nick at Cincy ZZ on Twitter as well. Uh, make sure you check out the website at www.iscincy.com. And as always, for all your fitness needs, make sure you check out fnxfit.com. That is fnxfit.com. And use the promo code BDIESEL for 15% off of your next purchase. That is capital B and a capital D on that one. And Nick, again, thank you so much, man, for uh, for joining me here on that. I wish the, we didn't have the... The technical difficulties on the uh, on part of it the happens. show, but uh, exactly. So hopefully we'll be able to um to run this back again uh, next week after the after the Baltimore game. We'll see if we can uh, we can pull it off. So uh, again, man, thank you so much for joining me, and have yourself a uh, a fantastic week. And we'll definitely be chatting uh, leading up to this game. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. All right, take care. Bye. Take care, everybody.